Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Hello, you're listening to this week's episode of Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and with my wonderful co-host, Kate Roberts. Hi, Kate. Hey, Wynne. Hi. Just before we, uh, Kate and I met today, I did mention to Kate, hey, I, this one's coming out in, um, in Christmas week. So I said I'm wearing a festive sweater, and this is as festive as my kind of clothes go. So if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw how festive my clothes go, which is a gray sweater with some kind of snow-like pattern thing on it. And then uh, Kate said, well, I'm going to dress really Christmassy too. I'm going to go plain black. And as wonderful as always, Kate, in the way that you look and show up for these. And if you're only listening, well, you know, they are available on YouTube as well if you want to ever watch the way that our facial expressions are and when we when we talk. But anyway, if you celebrate Christmas, I hope that you have a wonderful time. And uh, and whatever you celebrate, whatever winter festival you celebrate, I hope you have a really um, a good break, a good time off work if that's what's happening right now. And if you're listening to this in mid-January, well, the sentiment was there a month ago. That's all I'll say. We had an email that hit um, Kate and I's um, mailbox yesterday from a listener who I won't name, but I'm going to read out the email because we all will, while we always love to receive any questions and comments and ideas for topics that you might have. This one is one we've not touched on before, so I will read it out to you. I have printed it out. In a future episode, I'd love for you to talk about sharing this understanding with others or being of service to others in general and avoiding some pitfalls like trying to rescue or fix other people and finding peace with the fact that not everyone will always hear something and some people may never hear something in this lifetime. And not falling into the trap of joining others in their suffering or worrying about them, that sort of thing. I'd love for you to share what you've seen in this area. Lots of love. And it was really interesting because as, as Kate and I were saying hi to each other before we pressed record today, we had a very different read on um, the energy and the mood behind the email. So what did you read into it, Kate? The first time that I read it, it felt like the listener seemed to feel a lot of pressure. Pressure to share, to do it right, to get it right. To... And of course, you know, how we read things is exactly how we are, right? Not really how the listener is, it's only about me, <laughs> which is so funny. Um, so obviously I need to get it right and 
feel that pressure myself. Um, but that it occurred to me that she thinks it's on her. She thinks it's on her, the words, the conversations, the avoiding pitfalls, the message, how people perceive it, whether or not they see it. Yeah, that's, that's what it seemed to me is that she thought it seems like it's on her to do or not do or see. And I, you know, obviously that's me because I still think a lot is on me, yeah. But then the second time I read it, right before we started, I was telling you like, oh, she sees a lot, you know. She sees all the pitfalls and she sees the uh, the traps of the conversation, and the traps of falling into other suffering. Like she sees a lot. Mm-hmm. What about you, Wayne? Well, I read it as in they would just love to hear what we've got to say. Mm. And what you've just added at the end then about all the, the, the pitfalls, all the ways, well, the most common ways of, if there's a way of getting it wrong, the common ways are all already been mentioned in the email that they sent. So avoiding some of the pitfalls, like trying to rescue and fix other people. Yeah, that's one to not fall into. Um, not everyone will hear something. Yeah, true. Um, not falling into the trap of joining others in their suffering or worrying about them. True. And the part that I loved in it because there was a part of me a few minutes after reading the email when it when i saw it in my inbox yesterday was well you could just get them to listen to the podcast i mean that would be easy it's just it's that simple right but I, I know that's not what they were asking and yet in in my mind what answers a lot of the the pitfalls that this person brought up was really knowing that they're okay even if they understand something or not Knowing the truth that even if someone has a misunderstanding of how thought works and a misunderstanding of the nature of, of suffering, and while we'd, we'd, we'd love them to suffer less, the knowing that they're okay even if they are, that matters. Not as an idea, but the truth of it. The truth of knowing that no one needs fixing. Because that, in my mind, when I'm reading a lot of the subtext in this, and of course I'm making that up in the way that you described too. If they genuinely do not need fixing, it makes no sense to, to, to join in worrying. If they don't need fixing, then trying to rescue makes no sense. And, and here's what I notice. I had to really see that to be true for myself first. I had to really see, even in my darkest days, and I've talked about them a lot on this podcast. I think one of the early episodes, I think I explored a lot of that. So no, even then, even while I was struggling, I was okay. 
and me remembering that really has mattered a lot in the energy that I will bring to a conversation. So one example of that would be, if I know that they're okay regardless, I probably don't have an agenda I will push. I don't have an, an outcome or a vested interest in this. I'm coming from a place of, I'm whole, they're whole, let's talk. And I think that really matters in, in a conversation because without it, people get a sense, in my experience, people get a sense and then if I've got an agenda or I am rescuing or saving, then I do have an agenda. And if I have an agenda or an outcome in mind, there is something for them to resist against. And if they have something to resist against, it doesn't tend to go as well. It's less of an open conversation between two equal human beings. And in the question of, I'd love you to share what you've seen in this area. The one thing that makes a big difference is to get permission. So as an example, I was in conversation with someone today who's a, a dear friend of mine, and we probably see each other in person once every six months, and we met for brunch. And a lot has happened in that person's life in the last six months. And while I know there's an awful lot of times where it's been a struggle, I did not have the need to want to go in and help because I know that that person knows they're okay. If it had occurred to me with this person that I saw something that they might have either forgotten or hadn't seen, I would have asked permission and say, hey, I've just noticed something. Are you okay if I ask you something? It's different from someone who, is, who has hired me to coach them. So when I'm with family, as I hopefully will be in the next week, if I notice something that's, that's going up, that's up with someone, I might say, you know, that's the kind of thing I talk about if you wanted to anytime. But it, it therefore has a context for the conversation that's not just a few people sharing a couple of coffees and brunch together or an informal chat over the holidays. So that's what came to mind. I've, well, I've got a few other thoughts on it too. We might come on to those a little later. Let's see how we get along. So I don't know what you thought, because you've been sharing this for a little while now. And you've certainly at least got your feet wet in sharing this, in sharing what we call the three principles or the understanding how life and the mind really works. What do you see? For yourself. You know, in your personal experience of life, I can absolutely understand, you know, the desire to share that and have others experience that as well. But I've found in my experience is that when I've got all of that on my mind. I, I miss the simplicity of what's going on. That we're not 
really sharing anything new. But at some level, everyone understands this. It's been going on for all of us our entire lives. This is how it's been playing out our entire lives. It's also a lot of simplicity, I think, in things that Sydney Banks said that I think we often miss in this attempt to want to share it with others. If we just didn't fear our experience of life, that would change everything, you know? And there's a way to be with people, whether or not they want to hear any of this. It's a way of being with people where the words don't matter. And you sit in a place where you know they're not broken. And you know that any experience they're having is okay. It changes everything for people, whether you share anything or not. People know when you think that there's something wrong with them. But they also know when you don't. And it's that energy of being with others that's completely new for some people. But I, like you, didn't be in that space with other people because I hadn't seen it for myself. And it's only recently that I've begun to put a certain amount of peace, no matter what I'm experiencing in the moment. I think there's always less for us to do than we think. Less to say, maybe. I'm really glad you said that because it is literally that simple. And there is less to do, less to say. It's from a place of being as a place of, as opposed to a place of teaching, from a place of being. I can't remember the quote. There's a poem, I think, from Rumi, but one way of summarizing it would be when when I'm at home and I, and I am coming from a being of at home, other people tend to feel more of that too. And they're reminded of the feeling of home. Going back to something that you just said, this is something that's been going on everyone's entire life. Although we forget and we get up in our heads about stuff, but the feeling of home, the feeling of peace, people can relate. Even if we think they can't, or even if they think they can't, we can. It's familiar and it's healing to be in someone's presence who is at home is healing. Now use the word advisedly because healing does surmise that there is something to heal. Yet there's the resonance of that feeling that helps others settle down to. And that's probably a better word for it. When I'm settled, other people tend to settle too. And I listen better. I love more easily. People settle down in that place. And if people then want to say, hey, I've noticed you're a little bit different in your way of being. Your way of living seems different. Then maybe that's a good time to share. Mm -hmm. 
without it being my agenda to push. Because I know whenever I push, and I still do, regardless of how many years I've been sharing this, it happened last week. In one of the, you know, 20 odd sessions last week, I remember one going, oh, wait, I'm in my ego here. I'm in my agenda versus their agenda. And it was an idea versus idea, cognitive, intellectual conversation that was not helping them at all. It is simpler than we think, and there's less for us to do. As says Kate Roberts in December 2021 on episode 49 of Under the Noise. You're right. It's true. You know what else occurred to me while you were saying that is that I think there are also times when when we're in the moment with someone, wisdom might even say, yeah, I'll share anything. Just be with this person right now. Sometimes, yeah, not sharing is wisdom too. Because they're not there yet. Or in that, that moment, it wasn't the right moment. And sometimes I think we don't hear that wisdom because like you said, there's an agenda to help. We love to help, to serve. And that's beautiful. To be in a space and not know, not know anything really. That beautiful intelligence has more space to come through so much more about presence, about the people that I'm with, life's perfection than I ever will. I just notice now the feeling I'm in and I get a sense of the feeling that you're in over the screen. And it's noticeable in that space there is absolutely nothing to do. And even though we shared some, before we recorded some things that are going on in our lives, some interesting stuff in the content of our lives, to know right now, in the nowness of now, what needs to be done isn't in the form. It's remembering this and remembering this feeling of home or of close to source or of a quiet mind of not knowing and how well that carries the day and it's true for you and I and it's true for a wonderful listener who sent in this email and for everyone they know and for everyone listening right now and while I'm not saying there aren't things to be done there are things to be done but not in order to feel this There'll be bills to pay. There'll be logistical hurdles to, to jump over. And yet they are so much easier and able to face those with, with grace and our ability to rise to the occasion when we remember that we're whole to begin with. And that can never change regardless of what happens in the content of life. And it goes back to something that you said earlier on about 
what Sydney Banks said, and and it, I think this is a misquote from Sydney Banks because a few people have tried to find this quote, even people who knew him and haven't found it. If the only thing people knew was not to be afraid of their own experience, that alone would change the world. The quote doesn't, no one's really found it in anything, but it points, but lots of things that, that Sidney Banks said point to that, is that there isn't a real need to fix a feeling when we know how feelings work. And when we're not so caught up in the feeling and the emotion that we have towards the hurdles and logistics of life, and the fact that it's inevitable that a lot of the feelings we're going to have are feelings that we don't like. Heartbreak is not going to be the, you know, the card in the deck, the deck that I will go, woohoo, heartbreak, yay. Am I so lucky to pull this one out? It won't be yet inevitable in life. And seen from that perspective, there's a way of having a different relationship than ev towards everything that I have tried to avoid and everything I've shied away from and everything I've struggled with. And I would suggest that that's not just me. Before I get too heady, I'm going to hand on back to you. <laughs> back to you, Wen. I've created a lot of stories as well about the feelings that are okay and not okay. The experiences that are quote-unquote good or bad think we're here as human beings living this life and there's a spectacular array of experiences. I don't always see that in the moment. I don't always see that. I mostly don't see that, but I'm starting to. It's all okay. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with Wynn Morgan. I wanted to send out appreciation for the listener who sent us an email and this invitation to explore these topics of sharing and service. Great topics. If you would love to hear us chat about a topic, please feel free to contact us. Our information is after the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you again to our listener for the topic. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.